Welcome to Sisters Inc., our podcast for and about women business owners, brought to you by Black Enterprise. I'm your host, Elisa Gums. Black women are the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs in America. And on each episode of Sisters Inc., we'll sit down with one successful CEO and share how she slays the challenges of being a Black woman in business. Today's episode is all about catering to your customers. We're chatting with Addie Elabor, founder and CEO of Dianu, a ready-to-wear clothing line offering trendy African-inspired fashion. She started it in her studio apartment back in 2014 and has since grown it into a multi-million dollar brand. Welcome to Sisters Inc. Addie, and thank you so much for sitting down with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Alyssa. It means a lot to be um, recognized and brought on your podcast. Take us back to the beginning of Deanna. You have a bachelor's degree in business, a master's degree in marketing, but no background in fashion. So how and why did you come to start a clothing line? Yeah, so my story dates back to 2013. I was working as a buyer for a lab supply company. And at the time, I really was unhappy with what I was doing. I was, and at that time, I also read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that kind of gave me uh, like enlightenment. Like I was enlightened as to, I didn't want to live a life of just a rat race, just paycheck to paycheck, or, you know, I wanted to do something that was meaningful, that would leave a legacy. So then I started thinking about like what type of business ideas could I come up with? And I was speaking to a friend of mine and she was saying like how African print uh, fabric was becoming more and more popular. And, you know, I am Nigerian. My family moved here when I was six years old. So I grew up with the print. So it was kind of part of my culture. And I noticed that uh, people were interested in making it into like more modern styles that is wearable for day-to-day life. So then I started thinking to myself, like, why not me? Why not create like the Zara of African inspired fashion clothing line? And I just got right to work and I just started like researching on, you know, are there any brands currently doing it? There really weren't any brands at the time when I was researching. And I, um, like you mentioned, I didn't have a fashion background. I had business and marketing. So I had to find like a Philly based fashion designer to make my initial samples and my initial um, range of like six styles that I I launched with. And lucky for me, there was also a Philly-based factory that made my first initial production. But Deanna was really birthed out of like my desire to, you know, create something that was celebrating my culture in a modern way and also for me just to do something that I was excited about, that it would, um, that I knew was also needed in the market. Usually when I speak to entrepreneurs, the story is sort of the other way around. Like they have this, this idea inside of them that is like this burning thing that they want to bring right. to the world. And with you, the passion was really about being your own boss. I Yeah, you could definitely say that. I was looking to not like have to climb the corporate ladder, but kind of like just create my own idea of um, business. So you mentioned that before you were an entrepreneur, you were working um, as a buyer. And I know before that you also worked in um, merchandising and replenishment for uh, a pet food company. And between the two of them, 
you handle things like product information, pricing, mm-hmm. sales forecast. Is that how you learned the back end of the business? Yeah, all those experiences certainly helped me a lot more than, you know, if I didn't have those experiences, because as when business took off with Dianu, I was able to figure out like how to forecast like sales and try to replenish my inventory before we were completely sold out. And it helped me grow faster, basically, because I think if I was like a novice entrepreneur, wasn't as familiar with like merchandise and online marketing or online business, I may not have known like how important it was to not be sold out of SKUs, you know? So it's, it, it's amazing to like look back to see like how my previous like nine to five jobs did in fact benefit me when I went on to do my own thing. So how did you learn the fashion side of it? Fashion side of things, um, like I've always loved fashion. I've always loved to dress uniquely growing up. And, but when I went to do the business of fashion, I had to read books. You know, I remember I had to like look up, um, I bought two books on like the business of fashion. And I also did a lot of research online. And those things really, really helped me because I didn't understand the different processes that it entails to like, because it wasn't like I was like making one garment, you know, and then selling it to the customer. This was like production. So that meant like you had to understand getting samples made and then um, the patterns, getting them to be digitized into different sizes and then getting them plotted on like these sheets so that they can be mass cut and just understand the different layers of what it, it, it requires and then understanding like the costing of a garment. And so you can set that the appropriate retail price so that you're making money and it's profitable. So all those things I actually did learn in those books and just doing my own research. So you mentioned that your very first collection was six items. Um, you started uh, six years ago now, actually. And um, as I said- Actually more than, it's, we launched 2014. So that's oh, more- seven, like, Yeah. Yeah, seven. Yeah, seven years ago. And um, as I said in the intro, you started out you know, in your studio apartment. Um, yeah. You started with a $15,000 investment. How did you grow from there to here? It took being, I poured, you know, all the money back into the business. So when I first launched, um, beginning of 2014, I was also, I was still working full time as a buyer. So when I was like making my sales, at the time I was selling like on my own website, on Etsy, eBay, and Amazon. So I was just kind of hustling like, and then I was also doing like festivals like in New York and Philly and different events like that. I realized like that was a lot of energy and time spent on doing those physical events. So I'm like, there has to be a way to like leverage online to drive, you know, sales that way, because that's where everyone is. And then by towards, so by May of 2014, I actually quit my full-time job so I could focus full-time on Dianu. And this was prior to Dianu being successful and for, for it to like support me. And I had to like, I cashed out my 401k. I had to just like, I used that money kind of to pay like my day-to-day expense. And by October, 
or maybe September of 2014, I took this course on Facebook ads. And it was, to me at the time, it was a large investment. It was like 400 bucks for this course. And it kind of took me on uh, how to use like Facebook ads, like how to properly use it, how to properly target my ideal customers. And I started like kind of doing it on my own. And within a couple of weeks, like a week or two, like I started seeing results where I was now driving a lot of traffic to my website. And by the end of that year, 2014, Deanna was actually profitable because I was able to figure out an affordable way to reach my ideal audience. So social media marketing, it was really at, at the base of your growth. Definitely, definitely, because I can't think of any other way that would have allowed me to get in front of so many people at once and just like efficiently and cost effectively as well. So the very first of the company's core values that you have listed on your website is to be customer centered. A lot of brands say that, but not all brands actually live that. So right. what does that in actuality actuality look like for Dionne? Yeah, so at the very beginning, I was like really focused on making sure we were all about our customers because we obviously are doing this for them. If they don't buy, like we don't have a business. And if they don't keep coming back, it's not a very sustainable business at that. So I, what some, what we do is like, we, first of all, the clothing, like we want to make sure like the clothing, the quality of the fabric, the stitches and everything is like quality work so that our customers, when they receive their items, they're, they're happy with it. And then we always make sure that our customer service, as far as like emails, just getting back to our customers is a timely manner. We also um, accommodate like returns, exchanges. We really want to make make sure our customers feel good about doing business with us. That it's not just like we just want to sell them products and it's just a one-time transaction and that's the end of the story. Uh, we understand like how valuable it is for a customer to be retained and keep shopping with us and also to spread the word about our brand to their friends and their family. Uh, so you know, we think about like the fit of the clothing, we'll always think about how we can make it better for our for our customers. For instance, like we use this fabric that is like a stretch woven for women. And we know like the core of our customers, they're curvy. So we use uh, this fabric that accommodates our ladies' curves when we do like fitted dresses, skirts and pants. So those are some of the things that we do. And then we recently update like our plus size um, range so that it's more in line with like industry standards. And so when they're shopping with like Lane Bryant, they kind of can expect a similar fit with uh, our plus size as well. Um, and yeah, we're just always trying to think of how we can best serve our customers in every area of our, our business. Standardized sizing, I know, is like one of the, the greatest frustrations that like yeah. a customer has, especially an online shopper. You're yeah. like, how can I figure out before I buy something from this company the first time if this is going to fit me, if these size charts are accurate or I'm a size right. this over here? Am I going to be yeah. this over here? So was, um, you know, the expansion of your plus sizes or as they call it in the industry now, inclusive sizing, was that something that was in like direct response to what your customers were asking for? 
It was because, you know, we at initially we our I launched with like small through XL, I believe, and then I expanded to 2X. And then we beginning of this year, we actually changed it to extra small to XL. And then we do plus size range, which is 1X to 3X. So we kind of separate out like the regular size um, from plus size so that when we're constructing our plus size garments, they're more tailored to like, you know, curvier women. So, and it was per, you know, feedback from our customers who were saying, you know, our 2X mini didn't fit quite like a 2X as they would have expected. So we wanted to make sure that the experience they got from us was similar to what they would have gotten somewhere else. And it wasn't too much like of a um, confusion, you know, shopping with us. So speaking of customer expectations, you mentioned that when you were first selling, you were on Etsy, eBay, Amazon, um, your own website. You, you still have your own website. and You do yep. a lot of e-commerce there. E-commerce is one of those things that can be really hard for smaller brands to figure mm-hmm. out. Um, and particularly now that you're competing with major retailers and the two-day shipping of Amazon or, yeah. you know, the rock bottom prices that you can get online with fast fashion. So yeah. how have you managed those kinds of customer expectations um, as a small business? We manage it quite well. I mean, because one, I think the products that we sell, they're unique enough that they wouldn't find it anywhere else. So it's like, if you really want what you see on our website, it's like, this is where it's at. (laughs) You're not going to find it somewhere else. Uh, And then we do try to be as quick as possible with shipping out products. We typically ship out in one or two business days and we um, offer, you know, next day priority shipping, depending on the customer's need, they can, they can opt to get their items faster. And we also offer free shipping, um, above $85. So I think we are doing our very best, you know, as a small business, obviously Amazon is on their own (laughs) and there's only, you know, but we are always trying to figure out how we can improve our service for sure. And I noticed, you know, some interesting things on your website. You can pay. I don't think I've ever seen so many different ways that you can pay for something like you can pay with PayPal or Venmo. You can pay with traditional cards with like Diners Club card, which I didn't think anybody even took anymore. Or you can pay with Apple Pay or Google Pay. So do you guys invest a lot of like time and strategy and money even in your e-commerce experience? We do. We certainly do because that is our store, um, our main store, uh, avenue to reach customers. And we are always trying to see how we can test and improve the experience, shopping experience. And as you mentioned, we do offer different payment methods. And one of them is afterpay for people who are trying to do installment payments. Or we even offer quad pay because initially we had quad pay and then we later added Afterpay because more and more people were more, they were more familiar with Afterpay. And then, yeah, so fixing and making sure our website is like easy and user-friendly is is always priority. One of the other recent um, additions to your offerings is curbside pickup because your showroom was closed uh, because of COVID. 
What was the pandemic like for the company? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, yeah, 2020 was an interesting year for sure. And it really hit, I think everyone at the same time, it was in March. So March when, you know, the lockdown hit and people were just like, it was a state of panic, like what's going to happen? And our revenue dropped, like, I want to say like 40% um, for the month of March. And there really wasn't any, we didn't know what was going to happen next, right? But then we actually started thinking about making masks because we we'd already seen some other people like donating them. So we thought maybe we can make our own masks and put them for sale. And then we'll also donate some as well. So by the beginning of April, we started making or pre having masks available for pre-order and things kind of took off there. Cause as you know, last year, everyone's looking for a mask and that's kind of what saved our year, to be honest. Like the fact that we were able to sell masks, uh, it really made up for our lost sales. And it put us in a place where 2020 was actually a great year for, for Diana. Were you hearing anything from customers during that time about how their needs were changing um, over the course of the pandemic? We, I, I feel like we did a survey because we were curious to see what was happening with our customer base. And it was interesting. I think it was more along the lines of like a lot of people were working from home and we were thinking like, what can we offer them if they are more, at, uh, they're going to be at home more often. And so we did hear from our customers in, in that sense. Um, but somehow our core customers, they seem to have been okay in the sense that they were still um, willing to shop with us. Um, and engage with us, but obviously not everyone, you know, was as fortunate, but our customers, they still continue to support us in, in that time period. So I want to ask you about some of the ways that you guys have turned your customers into a community uh, yeah. because you, you have a very engaged following um, and a lot of interaction back and forth between you. Um, your company has a rewards program. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we have um, the Honor Rewards, and basically you can get points anytime you shop with us, anytime you share or refer a friend. Um, you get points whenever you, if you follow us on our social media platforms, and also when you sign up for our email list, I believe. And for every five, for every, for five, 100 points, you can get free shipping. Um, for a thousand points, you get $10 off. And for 2000 points, you get $20 off. And then the max is 3000 points for, for $30 off. So the more you engage with us, basically the more points you get. And, and that seems to have worked with our, our audience. And you also have um, an ambassador program with, uh, you know, the really cool name, the Dianu tribe. Yeah. Yep. So we wanted to leverage, you know, our uh, customers who are very excited about the brand and the brand ambassador program is actually still a work in progress where we're looking to improve it even further. But right now, if they sign up, they can get um, 
different types of rewards. They can either get gift cards for certain actions they take. They can get um, commission for any of, for someone using like their, their promo code or yeah, their promo code. They can get up to 10% commission. So it, it is a pretty cool program. If people are, are engaged, they really wanna like um, earn some points and then even make some money so they can join our brand ambassador program. And it's almost like being part of the family. Yes, part of the Dianu tribe to be exact, right? Yes. <laughs> you also donate um, a lot of money as a company. Um, tell me yeah. about some of the ways that you give back to the community. Yeah, giving back is one of our core values as well. And since the second year of business, I made a point to give a percentage to organizations that resonated with me. So we started giving back to like water.org, Charity Water, um, because a lot of like third world um, countries and in even West Africa where they don't have access to clean water. So some of these organizations, they make sure like they have, they have wells and access to just water that is clean enough to drink. And then um, we've given to like the Boys and Girls Club in Philadelphia. Um, we understand like the, the kids, the youth, they're the future. And just being able to be um, a part of that and making sure they're well positioned to do better in the future is really important to us. And we've given to even the, like the National Black Society of Engineers um, last year, like for Juneteenth, we gave 19% um, to two organizations that were really doing some great work in the communities. So giving is definitely a core um, value for Diana. And you also get customer feedback on uh, where they would like you to donate money, right? Yeah, so last year we asked our customers and they were actually the ones who suggested some of those organizations like Boys and Girls Club, um, National Black Society of Engineers. And there was um, there was also a women's shelter in St. Louis that we donated to as well. Cause one of our customers, she is the director of, of that program. So we always love to hear like, what is impacting our customers? And what's important to them because you know what's important to them in essence is important to us as well so what is next for the brand what big plans do you have um and and what are your customers asking for what are they dying to get next from you ah uh, that's a good question we would like to know too <laughs> <laughs> no but we i mean we always are work, working on a new thing but um our fall collection is coming out in september we're really excited about that because it's our first collection that is all, all the prints is designed by our team. So it's a really beautiful collection and all the prints is like Dianu exclusive. So we better not see it anywhere else. <laughs> and, and then the other project we're working on is um, we're working to partner with a fabric factory in Africa, um, Ghana or Nigeria to manufacture our fabric. Um, directly and then produce more stuff in in africa as well in the next like one year okay well thank you so much addy for sharing your small business success story with us everyone thank out you. there please take a look at the company website dianu.com that's d-i-y-a-n-u you can also follow them on instagram at dianu or on facebook at dianu fashions
right. Check out the podcast channel on blackenterprise.com to find Sisters Inc. and more podcasts from Black Enterprise editors, writers, and experts. Subscribe to Sisters Inc. on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And if you like what you hear, please show your love by leaving a five-star review or spread the word by putting a sister on. This is Elisa Gums with Sisters Inc. for Black Enterprise. Thank you for listening.